Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is June 23rd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great week. And today's episode, uh, if you can't tell from the headline, uh, or you're probably thinking from the headline, why are we focusing on Jack Eichel coming to the Bruins? or potentially coming to the Bruins down the road? Why are we focusing on something when COVID-19 is is raining over everything, ending hockey, and the Bruins might come back, the NHL might come back? Uh, why are we talking about Jack Eichel potentially coming to the Bruins uh, in a few years? Well, Connor Ryan, who was on today's show of Boston Sports Journal, uh, wrote something about that on uh, uh, this past weekend. And I felt it was fun to talk about. It's a fun topic. We certainly had a bunch of fun talking about it uh, and debating it. We both have a little bit different opinions on Eichel and uh, you know what it would take to get him and, and if it would actually be worth it. Um, and we get into that. And I think it's different. It's good to have some different discussion right now. Um, like I thought it was good to have those three weeks of prospect interviews. It's, it's fun to do something different. Uh, there isn't a ton of news right now, as you guys are fully aware of. Um, so it's fun to get into different things um, and talk about you know, one of the NHL's best potentially returning home. I uh, went to BU. He's from Chelmsford. Uh, so uh, we talked a lot about that and about what it would take to get him. Um, and then we also got into, you know, the big question right now after the news this past week that 11 NHL players uh, came down with COVID. Uh, is the NHL even going to come back? Um, is the league going to come back? Is it even going to try? Uh, can it come back? Is it safe? We get into all that, uh, which is probably going to be a reoccurring theme on <laughs> the shows from here on out. Um, next week and the week after is, you know, hey, do we actually think the NHL is going to follow through and return? So uh, we get into that. Uh, before we get into the conversation, um, there is no shortage of action going on uh, at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. It's actually very fun, and I, I'm i serious. Actually, check it out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the biznaz, baby. The biznaz. You hear it every week. They're the best in the biznaz. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and best in the biznaz. So that's 
best in the biznaz. Maybe we'll print some t-shirts. Best in the biznaz. Maybe we'll say Bruins beat best in the biznaz. Everything's going to be best in the biznaz. Um, and then also when most people try to lose weight, they think exercise. Whether they actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same either way. I say the same because losing weight is all about nutrition. Nutrition, baby. It's all about the nutrition. With Wake and 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week until after you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. And as always, Awaken 180 will provide you free support for life. So you join, you lose the weight, they coach you through it, and then once you're finished, they they support you free for the rest of your life, okay? They got your back. I got your back. They got your back. That's how this works. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. And now it's your turn. You're up next. Call the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox, Awaken 180 Weight Loss, online at awaken180weightloss.com. I like my two sponsors right now, Bet Online and Awaken 180, both very good things, very good things you can do now during quarantine. Uh, and so without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing all right. I feel like it's been, well, it's been two weeks since you were on. So you were on, uh, last week was Trags. You were two weeks ago. Not much has changed uh, in anything. I feel like it's been the case this whole summer. But yeah, not, not a lot has gone on really on the NHL front at least. Yeah, nothing. I mean, what's funny is like last year this time, Nobody wanted to listen to Bruins content or read Bruins content or watch Bruins content because of what happened earlier this month, uh, last year. Uh, and this year it's like playoffs are coming, but the, I feel like the hype isn't there yet. Like people are kind of just so wary of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, you're at the, at the pot now where, um, if there's, you know, a, a time where things are going to go haywire, you know, it's going to be now where again, you have a few players out on the ice, but, um, where they're not kind of in a bubble situation or they're able to still kind of go out and about. Um, this is kind of when you're running <clears throat> running that greatest risk for like outbreaks and positive tests, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later. But, you know, it, you saw all the different, you know, positive tests that came out, especially on like Friday, I think was when all that news hit. And, uh, you know, before they get to phase three, even you have to imagine there's going to be a few more days with, you know, the NHL announcing more positive tests. So I think this is kind of the, the toughest stretch here before they really get ramped up is just seeing just how feasible it is, especially in areas that are kind of emerging as hotspots, you know, across the country. Yeah. Like how long are people going to care about uh, us tweeting the videos of Bruins practice or, you know, John Moore skating around a cone, like (laughs) something's going to give at some point. It's only so much you can do, right? Exactly. So, um, which is why we're going to start off not talking about COVID or anything uh, of that sort. So, you had a great piece uh, this past Sunday or yesterday, um, with NHL Notebook, weighing the cost and challenges for Bruins and a potential Jack Eichel blockbuster trade. So if you don't know, uh, Jack Eichel is not too happy about being in Buffalo. He's, he's voiced that. He's voiced the team needs uh, to sort of build around him more. 
um, if he wants to stay. Now, he's signed there for a really long time for a lot of money. It's $10 million a year. If I, if I'm not $10 million a year through 2025, 2025 26. So. <laughs> I will be, I think, 26 when that happens. You will be in your 30s, I think, right? I will be in my 30s, unfortunately, yeah. That is crazy. So that is a long time away, but it's going to come quick. Uh, but for Jack Eichel, it could be a lot longer if he stays in Buffalo. So um, Boston. Went to BU. He's from Charlestown, correct? Uh, no, uh, North Chelmsford. North Chelmsford. I, yeah, that that. But he's from Massachusetts. It all, it all, uh, it all blends together. He's he's from the Commonwealth, so all the all the same place. Um, but he's from here. He went to BU, as you know. You covered him. You you uh, you love BU, as everybody knows. Um, but so you pitch the the uh, the pitch of Eichel coming to Boston and what that would take. And there's a lot to it. And I, I want you to just kind of briefly give your argument or, or what would have to go into it to even make such a thing happen. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it was one of those pieces I put together because it's such a, you know, intriguing, you know, you look at kind of similar to how the Maple Leafs benefited from having a hometown guy sign. A, again, granted, John Tavares signing with Toronto was a free agent decision. So anytime you have a trade, especially if a guy like Eichel, um, if he ever hit the trade market, which is again the biggest hurdle, right, is Buffalo deciding to deal with the, deal this guy. You know, they could just, you know, they'd rather have a, a franchise center kind of and kind of wade through their issues than kind of just blow it all up and restart, right? So that's the biggest problem. But um, from the Bruins' perspective, you know, it it, it makes you know they'd love they'd love to have a situation like that just because you look at the way they're built and they're built to contend, you know, now in the next couple of years, but um, you know, if you're looking to bridge that gap, um, you know, in the coming years when Bergeron and Krejci are either gone or, or aging out, you know, a guy like Eichel is just the, the perfect replacement, right? The hometown guy who is already, you know, a top 15 player in, in the NHL, right? And he's, again, he's only 23 years old. So, um, so again, the, the biggest hurdle is just, you know, whether Buffalo wants to deal him. Um, and again, that might not end up being totally up to them, right? Like, I mean, if they bought him out again and you look at just, you know, how that franchise is built. And again, they had another massive, you know, uh, firing uh, uh, last week, you know, they fired a GM, assistant GM. I think like they had 21 people on their scouting staff and now they cut it down to seven. So, I mean, it's just like a, a dumpster fire there. And I don't know how, you know, Michael, who's already frustrated, you know, he's been in the league five years now, has never gone to the, the postseason. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to really write the ship within a year. Like, there's so many flaws with that team. Like, in the goaltending, you know, this, you know, you you give Jeff Skinner like over seventy million dollars. He was terrible this year. Like, bad drafting. They thought Casey Middlestat was going to be a guy that was going to be like the top guy right out of the gate. Rush him, and now like you don't really know what you have in him, right? Like, you trade Ryan O'Reilly for you know he's on the dollar to St. Louis and. I think St. Louis worked out pretty well with that trade, you know, to say the least, right? So, yeah. And imagine just even having him as like your number two center, Brian Eichel. They're all set, right? Like they, then they yeah. actually have a pretty. So I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do to, to write the ship next year, but again, that, the onus would fall on Eichel to you know make his you know his uh, displeasure pretty pretty evident, right? Like in terms of actually requesting a trade, so that's the biggest hurdle, right? Mm. Um, and then from the Bruins' perspective, you know, I think you know. It would have to be, you know, involved with timing and cap management. So, like, it makes sense 
you know, next year in 2021, if, if, you know, trade whispers actually started picking up because David Krejci's a free agent, makes sense that you could just swap those two guys out and all of a sudden your contention window expands, what, another 10 years, right? Um, but then, you know, you have to look at, you know, taking on the cap. Again, next offseason, you have Krejci, $7.25 million coming off. You have Rath, $7 million uh, coming off. You probably can't sign Krug if you're thinking that far ahead, right? You know, if, which might be the case anyway this year. You, you don't really know what's going to happen with that just because of how much uncertainty is set in with this offseason, both in terms of, you know, the, the cap space available, plus what a guy like Krug or any of these guys are going to do, you know, in terms of are they going to even sign long-term deals? Are they going to do like a one-year deal? Like, And then beyond all of those moving pieces, right, it's about what the actual cost is going to be. And, like, I tossed out – like just like a baseline of what like the Bruins would probably lead with that like is pro is like not enough to get it done because I think if one you know Buffalo's going to trade a guy like this who's that young who's that talented who's under contract long term uh, and also have the you know the the Ryan O'Reilly trade weighing over them like they're going to ask for a King's ransom deservedly right so you know the very least you know you need probably two, you know, NHL regulars. So like a Kyle DeBrusque, I think are automatics you'd have to put in there. One or two first round picks, a couple of prospects, you know, Jackson Nico couldn't crack the team next year and have a really, really strong spot. He'd be, I think an automatic guy, um, you know, like a Swayman, like a, a couple other prospects. And again, that might not, not even be enough. Like Buffalo could be like, you know, we want, you know, Charlie McAvoy or something, right? Like, I mean, I go that good that, they're warranted to, to ask for something like that. So from the Bruins perspective, you know, it's, it's a, a great, you know, pipe dream scenario, but you look at all the moving pieces, plus the fact that there's a couple of other teams that have, you know, much deeper farm systems that could really outbid them. Like I think the team that would, that would scare me if I could actually hit the market, you look at a team like Colorado who could use, yes. a, you know, a one, two punch behind McKinnon. And even if, you know, they don't, you know, kill Makah is obviously untouchable at this point, right? But, like, you know, they still have um, uh, Byram. They have, uh, you know, Alex Newhook, who had a fantastic freshman year. BC, his stocks jumped up. Like, they've got a lot of other pieces they can include in a deal like that. You look at uh, the Rangers, who obviously have the connection with David Quinn, who is his coach at BU. They have farm systems loaded. You know, Adam Fox, who is, again, I think clearly, you know, Quinn Hughes and, and Makah kind of take the – Bleed in the Calder, but Adam Fox had a fantastic year. He'd be like a blue chip trade piece. You know, uh, Keandre Miller uh, is a guy. Um, they have that the kid from the KHL or, or from Russia that was uh, really promising. Kapokako, like you could throw him in. He's not like, you know, an essential piece yet for that team. You know, in the coming years, they, they might be. So, um, so it, it'd be a challenge. You know, it, it's a fun scenario. If the Bruins are, uh, you know, have cash space available in 2026, uh, and Eichel's, you know, what, 28, 29, then, then you might, you know, look at a, a John Tavares scenario. But until then, you know, it, I think it, it'd be a challenge just not only, you know, beyond just what the cost would be, which, again, the Bruins have, you know, some, some young good pieces to include there. But I don't think, you know, you're giving up a, a McAvoy or, or any of these other, you know, guys who are going to be franchise cornerstones for your team just to get a guy like Eichel, right? Like, you're still going to... Yeah. It's the, the sum of the parts of the team like the Bruins, right? So Exactly. But so, to me, when I look at it, like if you're trading for a guy like Eichel, you're sacrificing, you know, depth and future depth 
for yeah. the star for that one star. And that doesn't mm-hmm. always pan out. That doesn't always work. Obviously, it did in St. Louis, but they didn't really give. There weren't wasn't a lot of depth yeah, given in the, was, other, yeah, in the other yeah. direction. No, so I mean, I, I mean the, the, like the O'Reilly trade, right? Like if we were to quantify that with what Boston would give up for Eichel, and it was a terrible trade like that, it'd be like Buffalo got back like a first round pick, a second round pick, Sidnika, Sakaninen, and like Vladar. You know, like that's what, yeah. what that O'Reilly return was, where it's like, okay, like. We it might be less, it might be less than that. It might be yeah, less than not, that. Yeah, I mean, no, it was, yeah. It, but I think if you if you're to get Eichel, you have to give up Sidnika. You have to give up either one or two firsts, as you said. Johnny Beecher's certainly in there if you only choose to give up one. Um, and then you mentioned Carlo and DeBrusque. Also, I think if you want to kind of not give up as many players, but as you said, Buffalo is going to ask for a franchise cornerstone potentially in return. McAvoy might be that guy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the question is, is Matt would 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 trading McAvoy be worth it to get a guy like Eichel? And it depends what you have on the back end when you make that trade. I mean, if you have Krug back there, if you have Carlo, you know, maybe you can justify that. Also, the other thing is the depth down the middle. I mean, you know, if Eichel were to come here, you know, Krejci would be gone at that point. It'd be, you know, Bergeron on the, you know, the, probably the last year of his deal, let's just say essentially with Eichel. And then you'd have Coyle can you afford that? And then once Bergeron goes, it would be Eichel and Coyle because obviously Stanika wouldn't be there. There's not a lot of depth after that. So what worry, what would worry me is, you know, is Eichel alone worth it to basically sacrifice my future depth and pretty much my positions everywhere else? Like, you right. know, if you're giving up Stanika and Beecher and, and, and Bakaninen or, or and DeBrusque and Carl, I mean, those are all depth pieces and top six pieces. So it's like, you know, does that, work to me i would i wouldn't want to give up the franchise cornerstone like a guy like mcavoy uh for him i think what you want in a perfect scenario is you mentioned colorado and new york you give up you give up lottery tickets pretty much like high high quality lottery tickets you don't give up the, the ones you've already won um because you you want to compete and i don't think boston wants to become in some ways a Buffalo where it's like, Hey, we're going to trade all the pieces around you to get you. <laughs> and then when you right. come here, you have nothing. And, and, and obviously it's still Pasternak, you know, Marshawn as well. But I mean, Eichel and the Bruins would be incredible. I mean, incredible to watch, to follow, to, to report on. But I just look at like the trade proposal and I look at what, you know, what I think might even have to get done for that. You know, we mentioned McAvoy, I don't know if it's worth it. I also don't – I mean, you covered him at BU. I mean, also with, with his ushering in here, you would have a guy who's making more than everybody else by far. So the, mm-hmm. now the highest-paid player is the guy who just got traded here. Mm-hmm. How does that affect things? And also, you know, he's the captain in Buffalo. Would he be an assistant captain here? What is his – you know, what's his presence in the locker room like? I mean, Buffalo – I mean, it's really been a dumpster fire there. I have not seen a lot of good things about his leadership thus far. Maybe I'm missing it. You covered him in BU. I mean, you know him fairly well from a coverage perspective. You know, is he going to change the dynamic of the locker room? Is he going to change sort of the dynamic of that team? Is that worth it? Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things too, where it's, you know, you look at when, when Tavares showed up in Toronto, obviously they, you know, he was captain captain earlier this year, but that was also a team that was, not, not, you know, very talented, but also very young. So a guy like him who steps in at like, you know, a 28, 29 year old, whatever he was, makes sense. He, you know, Eichel, if he was to come here, I feel like, you know, uh, both in terms of Bergeron's, you know, reputation, let's say, you know, 
whether it's Char or Bergeron, I think he would obviously defer to those guys. Like he would take a maybe an A or, or something like that. But um, it, it's a lot of different moving dynamics, though, right? Like again, it's maybe it's a, a best case scenario where I mean Eichel is, jumps into a team in Buffalo that you know really didn't have those free rudderless, right? And he more or less had to be a captain at that age. Like again, you go into a more structured environment where you learn under a guy like you know Bergeron or Chara for two three years right then you can kind of take over the helm so so it's probably a better situation than they have down in Buffalo because oh yeah you just look at what that situation has been for them it's like all right well when you've had what four four head coaches or like you know I think it's maybe like three head coaches two GM since you've been a player with no playoff appearances like I mean seems like the seasons must just like blend together for him right where it's just like the same old stuff like and again Maybe they, you know, write the ship a little bit next year, but they just have so many holes in that roster, right? That, like, I don't know how they're going to all of a sudden, like, you know, I, I'm not expecting, like, a, a miracle surge from them. Again, as is the case every year, they'll have, like, that 10-game win streak where everyone's like, this is going to be the year, and then November they out again. Yeah, it happens every single year. So, again, I don't really know how that team can write the ship, but still, I, I you know, to have a, a player of his caliber, you know, ask out, that's something you really don't see too often in, in, in the NHL, right? So we'll see. It makes for an interesting argument, but especially from the Bruins' perspective, it, you know, it, the pieces don't really fit, especially for right now and what the way this Bruins roster is really built. Yeah, and I also, I mean, I think Eichel would love to come to a situation like this where the pressure's off a little bit, doesn't have to be that main guy. As you said, it's not rudderless. There's leers already. So it's, it's, it's more he can focus on himself and the game and, and winning and, and looking up to veterans instead of, being the veteran and he's, you know, he's, he's 23. I also think with Stadnika giving up a guy like Stadnika, you know, his lowest potential, I think is a, a serviceable second line sentiment in the NHL, you know, like his, I would say his, his bottom potential would be a guy like a Kyle Turris or someone like that. I mean, if that's your really low potential, mm-hmm. the, the skies seems to be the limit with this kid. And also he probably will be cheaper down the line. Mm-hmm potentially than a guy like Eichel. So maybe he's someone you don't really want to give up because of the value you can get there and sort of how he's been indoctrinated into the system. Uh, but it's an interesting argument. I think it's very, it's, it's fun. We got to do these things now. Um, and Eichel on the Bruins would be very fun. I'd love to see what it would take on like NHL 20 to get Eichel and like what, what the yeah, trade simulator yeah, yeah. would, would that's, what, that's, what that's what I should have done for the column is like run through the NHL 20 computer. That's usually <laughs> the final thing on most of these trades. So. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, well that's, you never know. Yeah, he doesn't really care about NHL 20, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, who knows even when NHL 21 comes out. Um, but, so, uh, we talked about Eichel and that. Uh, let's get to sort of current events, which I wish was Eichel coming to the Bruins. That would be very fun if that was a current event. Uh, definitely newsworthy. Uh, but, so, this past week uh, resulted in a lot of stuff on COVID. 11 new players test positive um, around the league the lightning completely shut down. How about that stupid video that Alex Kaloran did that is now just a total meme? Um, yep. Incredible. Incredible. It's like, That's a, cur- the, it's, like they, a, it's like a Kirby enthusiasm episode. Like you just put the, the theme song behind them as they're, yeah. as they're whipping down the, the canal, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to. And they let, you know, they like, they spray the Bruins and they like, I think they like yeah. knock over the Maple Leafs or something. And, uh, they didn't knock over COVID. Uh, but so nope. they have three players and two staff members, I believe, who have it. Mm-hmm. Um, these yep. are also states that have pretty much almost completely opened up. 
Um, yeah. You had a great tweet. It was just like, cut off Florida from the United States. Yeah, um, sh- it's shocking. None of us could have predicted that Florida was going to completely drop the ball on this, right? Yeah, Florida just absolutely uh, botched this completely. Um, and, I, and again, just like I say in everything in life, the answer is always the middle. You know, you don't have to be completely closed, but don't completely open yet. Stay right in that middle area, which we seem to be more towards the closed end. Other places seem to be a little more towards the middle. But um, And then also you have other places around the league having their issues, which makes me think, is the NHL going to actually come back? I get asked this all the time. Is the league actually going to come back this summer? With all that's happening, people fearing a second wave, Places opening up and it's, you know, trial and trial and error. Is the league going to come back with this? I mean, you know, from the NHL's perspective, it seems like they were expecting, you know, what, what we're seeing right now, where again, these are all voluntary workouts and you're having players travel to come back here. You're still, you know, a player can go on the ice, but they're still allowed to go home and, you know, go to, uh, you know, walk, you know, be out and about, right? It's not like, you know, Let's see if they get to phase four where they're pretty much going to be in a, a bubble situation, right? They haven't announced the plans of what it's going to be. You have to imagine it's probably going to be something as comprehensive as kind of what the NBA has planned for, for Florida in the next couple of weeks. But um, this is kind of going to be the, the biggest challenge, I think, is just seeing how it is. And we have more teams, especially in these hot, hotspot areas, um, shut down camps. Then you run into just the issue of like, all right, well, we want everyone to have a fix this if, these training facilities are, are shut down, you know, what, you know, how does it benefit a few of these teams that just because they're in a, a state where they, you know, didn't do anything to, to brace for this, right? Like just, are you going to penalize again, the lightning, you could blame them for the, uh, for the video they did, but like, you know, let's say the Florida Panthers were, weren't doing anything like that, but they're just in a state where that virus is running rampant, right? Like, is it their fault that, you know, they weren't like the, the state and local government weren't taking the, necessary precautions so I think the NHL has to take a long look at this and especially with the fact that the NHLPA still has to approve you know they, they've approved the, the official plan but they have to approve going into each of these new phases right so yeah I mean you know the NHL was not um, you know to not name these hub cities right away right let's let's just say for the sake of argument I think of like Vegas and like you know the, the, the Phoenix, you know, Glendale area, right, or Scottsdale, where, you know, the players can golf for, the, for this whole stretch, right? You announce that, you know, back at, you know, back in May, and all of a sudden you look at it now, I like, go, oh, crap. Like, the NBA's kind of gone committed to, you know, Disney and Orlando, but, like, you look at the cases down there, you're like, gosh, you know, what is this going to get? And I feel like it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, right? So, I mean, maybe the NHL reverses course and it's like, all right, <laughs> We don't have any faith in what's going on down here. Let's literally just move our stuff up to Edmonton and Vancouver and just have them isolated up there, right? Like, um, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of moving pieces with it. It seems like the news for not just the NHL, but every sport, everything in general, right? Can kind of change day, day by day. So, um, but this is going to be the toughest stretch right now because, you know, what Friday's news with, uh, the 11 players testing positive with Tampa's facility closing of the, uh, the Toronto Sun, I think, announced that Matthews, Austin Matthews tested positive when he was down in Arizona. Um, you're going to get more and more of those news stories come out. So it's just about making sure that, you know, these facilities stay open, that, you know, they're taking the proper protocol to make sure that, 
you know, these, these facilities aren't getting contaminated and more players aren't getting sick because, again, I think if you're able to eventually get to phase four, you're, you know, the risk of the season shutting down drops quite a bit because, you know, the players might not be happy, but you have everyone in a bubble, right? It's just getting, you know, started here in, in phase two and phase three and just working out those logistics um, is going to be the biggest challenge because, again, the NHL and NHLPA have been pretty good with working through these things. It's not like the MLB or, you know, you had a little bit of an issue with the NBA a few weeks ago where they were concerned about like, this bubble situation. But these players still need to approve, you know, whatever they're going to say for phase three and phase four. And considering the amount of cases you're seeing now, you wonder if they are a lot more strict with what these players can do in phase three, right? Because, again, it's full training camp, all these players together. You know, they're still going home afterwards, right? So, you know, we'll see how they adjust to that. Um, but, you know, it, it, my gut says that they're still kind of, you know, tr- you know, going forward with it. But, you know, if you have four or five teams that have to shut their facilities down, then you have to take a long look at it. Because, again, all it takes is just one outbreak, and all of a sudden you have to reevaluate your whole position on it. So, yeah, I mean, I think they got to move everything to Canada. Move the hub cities to Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, you know, Toronto, whatever it might be. Um, I also think if the league is going to pursue, is going to continue, they're going to have to be okay with seven players getting it. They're just going to. They're going to have to. If, if you want to have a season, guys are going to get it, especially in that phase three when they're doing the training camps. Guys are going to come down with it. If you really want to come back, you're going to have to say, listen, we got to keep moving, you know, isolate those guys, have them quarantine, but we got to continue this. We're not just going to have a, an incomplete season. If they really have to, if they really want to come back, they're going to just have to, to, to push through it. They're going to have to say, you know what, screw it. We're going to keep playing. Um, and that sucks. I mean, imagine the, imagine two grass comes down with COVID, you know, imagine, uh, you know, uh, imagine Nikita Kucherov comes down with COVID. Imagine, you know, just guys who are, you know, key players to their teams, you know, Connor McDavid comes down with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Like obviously right. Dreisaitl will be there to pick up the pieces, but uh, you know, it, it, to me, it, it just, uh, it, it's going to affect teams. And it would be a real shame if you end up having the Stanley cup be like Florida and Chicago uh, because yeah. other teams, guys went down with COVID and there's somehow we're not hit by it or something. Right. Um, so it's another aspect of things they're going to have to overcome. Um, and I mean, that's sort of the question, you know, if the league is really serious enough about it, they're just going to have to keep pushing through. Um, and I hope, and selfishly, I hope they do. Um, and that's, again, that's extremely selfish. That's because I want to see hockey. I want to uh, have these things happen, but if it is unsafe, if guys are really getting it everywhere mm-hmm. then you can't, then you can't, which is um, unfortunate for everybody. It is weird to think that like this year could just be incomplete. Like the 1920 yeah. season could have just ended in March. And that's it. Like the yeah. Bruins were exactly. first place, President's Trophy, and nothing came of it, um, yep. which is an odd thing to think of. And then, like, I I don't know what they'll be like next year. I don't know if there will be a season next. Like this, it, it's crazy that all this happened. Um, yeah, and it all happened uh, so quickly. Uh, but so yeah, we covered Jack Eichel. We covered the NHL. Maybe may or not returning. Um, and so, yeah, I think we covered everything, Connor. Uh, before you go, uh, I will let you plug Boston Sports Journal, even though we already kind of did with the Jack Eichel piece because it was very good. <laughs> but I'll let you uh, plug it. Yeah, again, you know, there's not a lot of whole news going on, but, uh, you know, us over at BSJ, we're still, uh, you know, 
chugging along, putting together a whole bunch of content um, on a daily basis. So I have a few things up uh, this week. I'm working on a few different things, ranking uh, trades and kind of looking looking back at how this whole uh, cup window is kind of extended beyond what everyone thought was going to be the end once you get to like, you know, 2014, 2015. So we'll have a few uh, look backs, a few deeper dives on stuff like that, enough stuff to keep people entertained until we get more concrete news, which you'd ideally hope would probably be within the next couple of days where they had to start, you know, going to some concrete details on stuff like hub cities and stuff. So that stuff's going to be on the horizon, but uh, you know, until then we're still going to have a whole bunch of stuff over at PSJ. So um, subscribe there, you know, follow me at, uh, at Connor Ryan underscore 93, have all my stories posted there and uh, yeah, we're keeping busy. So that's all you can do at these times, right? It's all you can do. Keep busy and uh, keep following Bruins content, which helps all of us. Um, I keep following content in general. I think that's a good mantra to have. Hopefully we get out of this soon. I feel like I've been saying that for months though now, but uh, Connor, again, thank you so much for joining uh, and for sealing this media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins, we listeners have a great rest of your week. Yeah.